You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. On today's show, Kevin Steele on the move from the plains of Auburn up to Rocky Top. But no official word on what his role will be yet. We'll discuss that in just a second. Also, the aftermath of Alabama winning the national championship. We'll discuss a little bit more on that. And also, we'll catch up with our buddy Chris Marler from Saturday Down South. We'll get his thoughts on a number of things. Look, he's an unabashed Alabama fan, so I'm sure he'll gloat a little bit today and be excited that Alabama won another title. But we'll hit on a bunch of other SEC topics with him and get his thoughts on plenty of the schools and goings-ons around the SEC. I am Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. You get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each day. All right, a lot to catch up on, a lot to get to. Got tidbits on tons of schools, so let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start with the champs at Alabama. Monday night's championship game. The ratings came out. And that game reportedly drew just 18.7 million viewers. That is the lowest ratings in nearly two decades. The previous low for a BCS championship or college football playoff title game was 21.4 million. That was back when USC blew out Oklahoma in 2004. Also, both semifinal games this year between Notre Dame, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, both those games drew higher numbers than the title game. Uh, I'm guessing maybe since when Alabama pulled out to a big lead there right before half started rolling, I guess a lot of people just tuned out. Maybe a lot of people had a lot going on Monday night after all the playoff games Saturday and Sunday, but uh, lowest ratings in a long time for a national championship game. Also at Alabama, it was announced uh, they will be hiring former Houston Texans head coach Bill O'Brien as their next offensive coordinator. O'Brien previously coached Deshaun Watson in the NFL and spent time working on the Patriots offense in New England many years ago. He also served as head coach at Penn State following the ousting of Joe Paterno. Unfortunately for O'Brien, though, his offenses in Houston never ranked very high, never higher than 13th in the league, but it is yet another reclamation project for the Nick Saban School of Rehabilitation. It has worked for the likes of Lane Kiffin, Kyle Flood, Brian Dayball, and most recently, Butch Jones and Steve Sarkeesian. So Bill O'Brien will be hoping for the same with Nick Saban. Alabama also, they capped off their season with an average scoring margin of 49-19. to 19. I saw Matt Zenitz of AL.com tweet that out. That was pretty impressive when you consider they did that playing 11 SEC teams. Remember, they played the full 10-game SEC schedule plus an 11th against Florida in the SEC title game and the likes of Notre Dame and Ohio State. Combine all that, a 49-19 to margin. That offense was absolutely ridiculous. And by the way, Steve Sarkeesian was officially introduced yesterday at the University of Texas. I saw him out there with Bevo, the Longhorn, out on the field. So, it's amazing how quickly that happens. You win the national championship, 12 hours later you're on up in Austin and it's on to the next big thing. And now Nick Saban turns the page on his new staff preparing for the 2021 season. Over at Tennessee, former Auburn defensive coordinator Kevin Steele, 
He is headed to Rocky Top to join their coaching staff. Steele, of course, spent the last five seasons as Auburn's defensive coordinator. He is 62 years old and ex- expected to help that Vol defense out next year. He will sign a two-year deal worth $450,000 a year. But many believe this move is one that could mean Jeremy Pruitt could still be let go at some point this offseason. Tennessee would have the option to move Steele into the head coaching role, at least as a temporary holder before they make a new hire. That will be something to keep an eye on over the next couple of weeks. So Jeremy Pruitt released a statement that we're excited to have Kevin Steele here in uh, Knoxville, but they didn't officially announce him as the defensive coordinator. So it'll be interesting to see what his role technically is or title is. A few other tidbits from Tennessee. Last week, former Vol quarterback Jared Garantano announced he's transferring to Washington State. So he'll get a chance to play for their newer coach, Nick Rolovich, who took over for Mike Leach. And also the Vols, they welcome in a new quarterback and transfer Hendon Hooker, who comes over from Virginia Tech. He comes in as a grad transfer. We'll have two years of eligibility remaining. A little bit of a dual threat. He totaled 2,900 yards, 22 touchdowns with over 1,000 rushing yards and 14 rushing touchdowns in his years at Virginia Tech. Over at Georgia, some good news for them as outside linebacker Adam Anderson announced he's coming back to Georgia next season. He had a very productive year this year with six and a half sacks. That was second most on the team. Two of those sacks came in the Peach Bowl win over Cincinnati. He also forced two fumbles this season with the Dogs losing Aziz Ojolari to the NFL and Jermaine Johnson at the outside linebacker spot transferring to Florida State. Georgia Wall is... Uh, welcoming back Adam Anderson with open arms. He'll return alongside Nolan Smith at that outside linebacker spot for the Dogs. Over at Auburn, they hired Zach Etheridge as their DB's coach. He's the former Auburn standout. It was a team captain for Auburn's 2010 national title team. I saw new Auburn DC Derek Mason made a radio appearance yesterday in Nashville, and he was discussing what he liked about Brian Harson and joining his staff. Mason said he had a lot of other opportunities at other schools, but that Auburn particularly caught his attention. That's why he took the job. One uh, previous coach from an Auburn staff will be staying on at Auburn. Cadillac Williams has been retained as the team's running backs coach. So that's a good one there. Also, uh, speaking of Auburn running backs, DJ Williams announced he has entered the transfer portal, and it was announced he is officially headed to Florida State. That means the last year, Auburn has lost running backs Mark Anthony Richards, Harold Joyner, as well as a recruit that had been committed to him a while in Armani Goodwin, who flipped to LSU. So as of now, they're only returning Tank Bigsby, who is a really good one, and Sean Shivers. Word is they're looking on the transfer market for another back, and they're reportedly looking at Buffalo running back Kevin Marks. So we'll keep an eye on that. Auburn's most talented defensive lineman this year, Big Cat Bryant, announced he is entering the transfer portal. He'll be a big get for wherever he ends up. And fellow D-lineman Daquan Newkirk has also also entered the portal. But some good news for Auburn. It was announced they are getting back top cornerback Roger McCreary, as well as Smoke Monday. So some good news for Derek Mason taking over that defense. Fellow defensive back Christian Tutt announced he's entering the transfer portal. Over at Texas A&M, Aggie linebacker Aaron Hansford had previously accepted a bid to the Senior Bowl last week and was planning to head to the next level, but word is he is now returning to A&M instead of going pro. Hansford ranked second on the Aggie team in tackles this past year. 
Over at Florida, their linebacker Jeremiah Moon, kind of the same thing. He announced he's coming back for a sixth season. He did announce back in November he had accepted an invite to play in the Senior Bowl, but on Tuesday he revealed he had a change of heart, and he's coming back to Florida to get his master's degree in five seasons at Florida. Jeremiah Moon has recorded over 100 tackles, six sacks with two fumble recoveries. He's going to be an old man playing that linebacker spot for Florida next year. Gators also announced they're hiring 52-year-old Wesley McGriff as their assistant head coach under Dan Mullen. He comes over from Auburn, where he was their secondary coach the last two years. McGriff is a 30-year-old coaching veteran who has previously worked at SEC schools like Vandy, Kentucky, Ole Miss, in addition to Auburn and now Florida. South Carolina announced they hired Panthers offensive line coach Marcus Satterfield as their offensive coordinator. So a lot of assistant coaches on that Panther staff getting jobs in the SEC. You know, DJ Mangus and Jake Peets from Carolina are now taking over the LSU offense. And speaking of LSU, their search for their next defensive coordinator continues after they missed out on Cincinnati's Marcus Freeman last week when he took the D.C. job at Notre Dame over LSU. The Tigers yesterday interviewed current Mississippi State defensive coordinator Zach Arnett. Well, reports came out yesterday that the two will not join forces, so the search continues on for LSU. Some good news for LSU, though, on the returnee front. The last few days have gotten more commitments from guys that are going to stay at LSU, including offensive lineman Austin Deculus announced he's staying. That means LSU will return 20 of their 22 starters that finished the season for them. The only two people leaving from the starting lineup will be linebacker Jabril Cox and safety Jacoby Stevens. Both those guys going pro. Everyone else is back at LSU who finished the season with consecutive wins at Florida and Ole Miss. And two more notes. Mississippi State kicker Jace Christman is entering the transfer portal. He leads the Bulldogs all-time in extra points made, field goals made, and total points. So solid career at Mississippi State. And one more in A&M there, uh, quarterback Connor Blumrick announced he is transferring to Virginia Tech so there you go that is around the conference a lot of stuff we had to get to there but a lot of good stuff because some of that stuff came out at the end of last week but let's face it the last few days we've been previewing Alabama in the title game and then recapping Alabama in the title game so a lot to uh, discuss from the other schools around the conference coming up next we're going to talk all things SEC with our buddy Chris Marler from Saturday down south we'll get his thoughts on Alabama winning the national championship how special Devontae Smith and company are and much much more all that coming your way next hey guys quick minute here for our friends at Built Bar we tell you all the time Built Bar even more deliciouser the best tasting protein bar Ever. They've got 18 amazing flavors. I tell you all the time, my favorite, the cookies and cream. I've been trying some new ones, though, this week, getting around to trying the the German chocolate cake. Oh, my gosh. Really, really good. Doesn't even taste like it's something that's good for you. And Built Bars are that. They are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious guy if you're looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The cookies and cream that's always been my favorite, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar. Look, it's a new year. A lot of you have those New Year's resolutions. I'm really going to lose weight this year. This is the year I'm going to get in shape. Look, you may not do that. You may be not running marathons by the end of the year, but what you can do is at least cut back a little bit on the LBs and the calories, and you can do that with Built Bar. Go check them out right now on their website, BuiltBar.com. You can uh, use the promo code Locked On, and you will get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. I know it works because I just used it last week. Go to BuiltBar.com. 
2020 is mercifully over. It is time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and you want more wins, listen to Locked on Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, NBA locks as well, all winter long. Subscribe to Locked on Bets wherever you get your podcast. Join us now. It's a guy who's super excited, super happy of what happened the other night in the national championship game. He is our buddy Chris Marler from the Saturday Down South podcast. He is on Twitter at Vern Funquist, and he is a known Alabama fan. Uh, Marler, thoughts on the Tide completing a ridiculously awesome season? Yeah, you know, honestly, um, I feel weird even answering the question because, one, it's hard not to get into how impressive of a season that was. Cause I think that is the, the best Alabama team I've, I've ever seen. Um, but you know, it's hard to get into that without sounding like a complete Homer because there's just so many layers to how, how incredible of a season they just had offensively. They didn't miss a field goal, dude. They didn't miss a single field goal. <laughs> um, you know, not having COVID cases, just, you know, there's, we can go on and on. Um, but the other part of that is, you know, I think this is, one of the best seasons I've, I've ever watched from a team. I would say it's top two. But it's also weird to talk about it because you're an LSU fan, and I think, honestly, last year's LSU season was maybe even more enjoyable um, and still more impressive. Yeah, Here's the argument. And look, they're both, they can both be outstanding, right? They, we can recognize this as one of the best Alabama teams ever. We can recognize LSU as one of the best LSU teams ever. And they're both collectively two of the best seasons ever in college football. I think, I don't think we need to compare and contrast, but somebody did bring up an interesting point and I'll just get your thoughts on it. They said Alabama played in a season where there were no actual road games and In college football, that matters so much. When you're talking about 90,000, 100,000 fans in a sold-out rocking atmosphere, uh, you know, they they played teams where key players had opted out. You know, LSU, Jamar Chase, maybe it's a little bit different if he plays this year. Uh, And then they played games against teams every week that had guys out. Now, to Bama's credit, they didn't have any guys missed due to COVID. They did what they were supposed to do. Saban kept them in line. In fact, he's the only one who caught COVID and caught it twice. But right. everybody, you know, they did what they were supposed to do. So it's hard to knock them for it. But it is also, I can see where maybe that road game at Ole Miss that was kind of a shootout for three quarters, maybe something goes awry. Mac Jones fumbles a snap because it's a loud crowd. Or maybe there's a false start because they don't hear the cadence. You know what I mean? Like, there's little things that could happen in a normal season that maybe might have benefited Alabama. Again, I don't want to take anything away from them for that, but it is well, true that, that it was like It's exactly what you're doing. Really. <laughs> um, I mean, no, I, I, I don't disagree completely. Um, I will say, listen, I mean, listen, Bama on the road, they've had their struggles against Auburn, but it usually takes some sort of like miracle uh, for Bama to get beat, especially in the regular season. And, and I mean, you're not wrong. I think Bama was a possession away from losing that game against Ole Miss. I don't think I, I, I think road games aside, what they were able to do this year was was probably more impressive than any other national championship that, that Saban's won. And yeah, I don't I don't think the the road the absence of road games is is that big of a factor because you look at everything else that you know this season entailed. Mac Jones coming in from like being a game manager and replacing a generational quarterback, and ends up finishing the season with a single-season NCAA record for QBR, passer rating, and uh, completion percentage. Like, beat Burrow and Tua. Then you talk about, you know, Don, Devontae Smith, which has, like, the greatest season ever um, for, for a receiver in the SEC the year after Jamar Chase went off. I still think Jamar Chase's season was 
possibly more impressive because he had to share so many yards and receptions with uh, with Justin Jefferson. But the numbers that Devontae Smith put up are, are stupid. 25 touchdowns, you know, like over 2,000 uh, total yards, like led the country and all that. Then you look at Najee Harris having 30 uh, total touchdowns, which is also an SEC record, in 13 games. There's just so many layers to it, I think, that, that were unbelievably impressive, and they're really going to miss Steve Sarkeesian. But I think this championship in general was, was just awesome to watch. And, and one last thing on it. You talk about Ohio State, and you know how I feel about Ohio State. They should have never <laughs> been in that game. But it, it made it that much sweeter. But when you talk about an Ohio State team, you know that Ohio State is still going to have athletes everywhere. And, and they still play good defense, and, and, and they have a, a high-flying offense and all that kind of stuff. Bama being able to hold them to 341 total yards, which is their lowest uh, offensive yardage output in three years and 36 games, and then also putting up 621 yards on an Ohio State defense, which is, I went back and looked at this, I couldn't find any stats from before 2000. But that is the most yards that Ohio State has given up in a single game in 21 years. So I, I, I think, especially the way it was capped off, it was, it was just unbelievably impressive. Something to watch for the 2022 season, Marler? When Alabama plays host to Vanderbilt? Guess who Guess who held the Alabama offense to their least amount of points all year? Clark Lee at Notre Dame. Now he's the Vandy head coach. We'll see uh, see, if he, see if he can bring that magic to uh, Vanderbilt two years from now. But, uh, <laughs> you guys have a road game. <laughs> Nobody walks in to, I don't know what the name of that stadium is, uh, nobody walks into that, that stadium and comes out unscathed. You get them at, you get them at Brian Denny, though, in two years, so that's uh, so that's encouraging. But, uh, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, look, Alabama basically was like, pick your poison this year. Like, how do you want us to beat you? Do you want us to beat you through the air with Devontae Smith and Mac Jones? Or do you want us to just ground and pound with you and Najee Harris? I thought uh, a buddy of mine brought up an interesting point last night. He's like, man, Najee Harris, like, uh, just think if they replayed that game and they don't throw a pass. And they just ground and pound it. Like, I think you could probably win that game just running the ball in every play. I mean, that's just – that's how good that Alabama team was this year. And, man, it's uh, – again, congrats to them. They cap off in a fantastic season. And somebody brought up an interesting point. Like, how often does the Heisman Trophy winner not live up to their hype in either on the national championship or in their bowl game period? And I think so many past – Heisman Trophy winners that have failed in the playoff. I mean, Kyler Murray, Baker Mayfield, you know, guys who who fall short. Devontae just capped off a perfect Heisman season with an exclamation point with what he did in the in the title game. Yeah, what what they were really able to do, like, and this is honestly why I would probably take as much as I love this team. It's probably my favorite Alabama team I've ever watched. I would still probably take the 2019 LSU team over them strictly because that team had way more ways to beat you, and and. You know, it seems simple. Like, like you know, on paper, it's like, all right, we'll just, you know, kind of bracket cover Javante Smith and then just try to stop the run, like be above average at that. Nobody could do it. Like, I, I, how in the hell was Devontae Smith running free once again last night? Like, maybe we don't put a white linebacker with a Z in his last name on, on Devontae Smith <laughs> just on the Heisman. Um, I, I don't know. But, I, you know, I think that when you talk about, like, how they closed out the year and, and Mac Jones, Najee Harris, and, and Devontae Smith – they accounted for 16 of Bama's 18 touchdowns in, in the postseason and 94% of their yards. So an awesome season, incredible way to finish it. So many cool storylines, which rarely happens with an Alabama team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I will say they're going to be hurting next year. Part of me was wishing Saban would have just turned to the camera right after and went, that's it. Thanks, guys. I've passed Bear. I did it. I'm out. Saban out. Peace. 
but unfortunately, I no. Well, I don't think that that's that far fetched. <laughs> like if Sark wasn't going to Texas, I honestly don't think that would have been. You know, I, we hear the rumors every year, but I think they might have been a little bit more validity to him. Yeah, God, God help whoever gets that job after him. I mean, I, I you know, I'm <laughs> sure it's going to be somebody good, but God help whoever that person is. More with Chris Marler right after this. What's happening, SEC fans? We are heading into uh, the thick of SEC basketball season. we got the NFL playoffs finishing up this weekend and a whole lot more games to go. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. They've got all the SEC basketball games on there on a nightly basis. You can go check them out. Get in on the action. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson. They host the Locked Ons Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt are giving you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering the latest news in the middle of the playoffs and much more. Get your picks previews with Peacock and Williamson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Continue our conversation with Chris Marler of Saturday Down South. And Marler, a lot of stuff going on across the SEC outside of Alabama right now. I mean, we got coaching changes. We got players coming back. Uh, The big news coming out yesterday, Kevin Steele is headed to Tennessee. A quick thought on one, why would Brian Harson not keep Kevin Steele as his defensive coordinator? I know they've since hired Derek Mason, but thoughts on Kevin Steele going to Tennessee? You know, Every time I see Kevin Steele or Will Muschamp get another job, I, I just think of like you know, like senator and and like congressman term limits. Like, <laughs> like how are they still around in the SEC? Um, like, they will always have a job, just always. And uh, was, was John Chavis not available? I mean, it's like, come on, these guys keep getting God. jobs. <laughs> that guy, oh man, there's nobody that's ever looked more like a cop than, than John Chavis. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I, I think that Kevin Steele obviously has been a, a great, great uh, defensive coordinator. He's actually, I think he's probably had his best games against LSU uh, for whatever reason over the past couple of years. Um, I understand why Harson didn't keep him because if they're, I mean, that whole coaching search at Auburn, like I've been saying this for years, this is exactly how like those searches are run, how the program is run with all this chaos and, and just like kind of behind the scenes turmoil. Um, you know, even if they're just rumors, the fact that you have a, a, an assistant coach that was trying to, I don't I mean, I don't know what, overthrow um, insurrections in like a, a, hot button, a, a hot button word like recently. So him trying to go after Gus Malzahn's job, I, I would cut ties with him too. It makes, it makes the most sense. And plus, honestly, he's given up a lot, a lot of uh, points and yards the past three years against their biggest rivals uh, with Bama. So him going to Tennessee – Two great defensive minds. I think that that Auburn probably won uh, in this case. Like you know, it's not a trade, obviously, but Derek Mason's a phenomenal defensive coordinator, and I love the hires that that Auburn will be higher that Auburn put in place. I don't know about Mike Bobo. Yeah, I was going to ask you just just your overall thought on that staff that Auburn put together with bringing Bobo over. I mean, it's it's big names, right? I mean, it's Mike Bobo, Derek Mason. And Brian Harsey, it's almost the Sam Pittman formula, right? Like, all right, if I can get me a really good OC and a really good DC, the less work I have to do, 
Do you think that Auburn staff can be successful year one, or do you think this is going to be a full kind of rebuild? You know, honestly, they shouldn't be in a rebuild, but but they are going to find themselves, I think, in a rebuild next year just because you look at what they're losing. That You know, they lose – all of their receivers, right? They, they did get a lot of help coming back uh, on the defensive side with Smoke Monday. Um, I, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank here. It was the SEC leading tackler uh, at linebacker. He will be back as well. It, I think when you talk about what they have at quarterback, which is the most important position on the field, and what he has to throw to, this is going to end up being a rebuild because, I, you know, it's a completely different system. Harson also, how is he going to recruit? I mean, like, I've never been to Boise but I can't imagine that, that the recruits he's pulling up in, in Idaho are the same as he's going to be trying to get in you know, places like Florida and Texas and, and, and you know, places in the southeast. I think this will be a full rebuild. I think that Auburn is really excited about the hires. I don't see how you get excited about Mike Bobo. I, I just don't. Because you could argue that at all three quarterbacks that he had at South Carolina were more talented than Bo Nix. And, and you saw what he did with, with them this season and how awful that offense was. I, I think it's going to be a full rebuild, man. Yeah, it's, um, by the way, Zacoby McClain, the name you were thinking of. Yeah, and also they got, you know, good news, Roger McCreary, who's probably their best cover corner. He's coming back on top of um, Smoke Monday. So, yeah, they got some pieces coming back. I, I don't know why Big Cat Bryant's leaving, but uh, good, you know, kudos to whoever – gets him because he's a big time playmaker but um yeah it'll be an interesting year for Auburn in year one of Brian Harson. in your mind is Georgia the early I mean I know it's early but are they the early favorite to win the SEC next year man I tell you what I feel like I've said this like every year for the past three years that it, like, it is coming like a national championship is coming to Athens and like there's just no way with how much talent Kirby has stockpiled he, he now is a quarterback that I think he even knows should be the starter. Like, he should not screw this up. You know, like, he's done it in the past, but I think he finally understands that, that he has a good quarterback that does not need to be switched out for, you know, uh, uh, a personal injury lawyer at the September the 4th. <laughs> I, I think, honestly, I, I looked at the, the odds this morning. Of course, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, those guys are, um, you know, at the top. I think Georgia, honestly, should be the number one team in the country going into next season. I think they they should have the best odds. If they don't, I would put a lot of money on them to, to end up having uh, the best season next year and probably ending up in, in, in Indianapolis uh, for the national championship. They, they're just too talented. And, and what they have in the skill position, especially, they've never had before. They, they just, they've always had one really good receiver and a couple of serviceable guys you know, to, to fill out and the rest of the roster, they have legit athletes everywhere on the field. And, and people that can go up and get a ball like George Pickens, people that can run right by you like Arian Smith, they're going to be really, really difficult uh, to defend next year. What do you make of the two offensive hires LSU made, Jake Peets and DJ Mangus? We're waiting to see who they hire for their defensive coordinator. I know they just interviewed uh, Zach Arnett from Mississippi State. Uh, that would be an interesting one because he was really good on defense this year with Mississippi State. Uh, but are, are they just trying to strike lightning in a bottle twice with hiring two guys in the same realm as Joe Brady? I don't know what would make you think that. I mean, because they hired two guys that no one's ever heard of that, that were recommended to them by Joe Brady. <laughs> um, no, I mean, like, honestly, I kind of like the fact that Coach O did that and, and went to Joe Brady for, for uh, you know, kind of like his recommendation and advice on it because – Joe Brady was, I think, 
besides Joe Burrow, the biggest part of that, you know, that team's success in 2019, I, anything has to be better than what we saw this year, especially uh, on defense. I, I think there's so much young talent, and people want to count out LSU because of, you know, how, how difficult of a season they had this year. And, and they closed really strong. They closed really, really strong. Um, Brad Johnson's son, who's I, honestly, I still think is older than Brad Johnson somehow, <laughs> uh, just the way he's built athletically. They've got a lot of young talent, and I think people are, are way too quick to write them off, but they're going to be really strong next year. And, and I think, yeah, they'll get it worked out. It, listen, here's the deal. With Coach O, the, the Pliny hire was a disaster. But every time he has gone out and, and picked his guy, uh, you know, for like a coach, it's, it's gone over tremendously well. No, like nobody had heard of Joe Brady outside of the state of Louisiana before 2019. And Coach O went and got him. Um, so I, I trust them. I, I think he's, uh, they have to be good hires. Yeah, that was going to be my next question. I was going to get your thought on, I mean, it's it's going to be, when it's all said and done, a record number of SEC players returning this year. It was just announced LSU's bringing their whole O-line and D-line back. Arkansas is bringing back their entire two-deep O-line. Auburn's bringing back two of their best cornerbacks. I mean, it, it it's awesome for the SEC, but, man, it's going to be competitive as hell next year with all these kids coming back for another year. Yeah, you know, we, I feel like we say this every offseason, but if there's ever a year to dethrone Bama, this, this could really be the year. And I tell you what, I'm really high on LSU. You look at like the, the numbers, like in the jump in, uh, in scoring and, and the efficiency of the offense in year two of Mike Leach. Mississippi State, before they had that entire brawl in their bowl game, over half their starters were underclassmen. You know, they are really young. They should be a lot more, like, more improved next year. And Ole Miss, Ole Miss returns like 17 starters, uh, and they lose a lot of production on the offensive side, but you really have to like what Ole Miss is building with Lane Kiffin there. And the, There's no better way to end a season and go into next year than, than getting a bowl win, and the fact that the four and five teams able to beat the number 11 team uh, from the Big Ten, or the number 11 team in the country and the second best team in the Big Ten, that's huge. Yeah, and by the way, A and M is probably going to end up being like preseason top five or something. So they're you know they they need a new quarterback. But let's face it, is anyone kind of an upgrade over Kellen Mond at this point? I mean, he was fine, but somebody might actually be able to do a little bit better there. Uh, you know, if Haynes King is everything he's supposed to be, what uh, what he was hyped up to be. Last one for you, Marler. Of which one of the new hires, Clark Lee, Brian Harson, Shane Beamer, do you think has the best chance to have success in year one? Oh, gee. Well, obviously it's not Clark Lee. Um, <laughs> is the covered bear at Vandy? That is, yeah. I bet, you know what? they got a lot of returning one stars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and spelling bee champions that they're going to put out there. Uh, year one, you would have to think that if it's, if it's just overall success, um, you would have to think it would be Harson. Uh, Beamer, if you're talking about just improved from the year before, you know, a two-win season, there's nowhere to go but up at, at South Carolina. And I really like what, what Beamer has brought to Columbia. Um, I think it's going to take a little bit more than a year to, to get that going because Will Muschamp actually recruited really well there, really, really well. And they, they've got a lot of talent returning. Um, I, I just think that there's there's so many holes. There's so many holes in that team and replacing those defensive backs as well. I, I would say probably Brian Harson. But what, what would successful be like in, in, right. in year one? Yeah, I mean, eight wins, I guess. It's not getting everybody excited, but 
eight and four at least. Hey, we we made some steps. We won a game we weren't supposed to. Maybe you know, maybe they show some signs. But I, I'm actually excited to see what Beamer does. I I like them throwing bows the other day. Already taking shots at Auburn. So hey, at least we're not hiring retreads and all this kind of stuff. So I, I think that's gonna be a lot of fun to see what they do at South Carolina. And, and by the way, one of my favorite players, Kevin Harris, the running back, is is back. So. Uh, That'll be yeah. a lot of fun to see him next year. He is Chris Marler, Saturday Down South. What do you guys have on the uh, podcast this week? Is it just an hour and a half of you gloating? Uh, no, it's um, <laughs> basically it was just, it, we recorded this morning. I didn't go to sleep last night because of this damn uh, puppy we got and because I was uh, up way too late watching the replay. But it's basically 45 minutes of me um, just passive aggressively trying to bring up the fact that uh, my podcast partner uh, and his brother both, both – thought Ohio State had a much better chance of winning that game and deserved to be in the playoff, which was the biggest, biggest lie we've been told all year. <laughs> well, if Justin Fields hadn't left Georgia, maybe he could have beat Alabama, but uh, I digress. Hey, by, I mean, you look at Jake Fromm's numbers compared to Justin Fields against <laughs> Alabama, maybe Kirby was right all along. <laughs> that is a hot take of a hot take. He is Chris Marler. Saturday Down South, you can follow him on Twitter, at Vern Funquist. Marler, always fun to catch up, man. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Appreciate you guys for listening. We'll be back tomorrow talking more across SEC country. Locked on SEC.